Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin with the Good News team, and I want to promote all of the events going on for my friends at the end of this segment because Barbara Brooks has a big women's event coming up. Eric Raymer is working with clients now to help them be better known. He's in PR. He's my radio buddy that worked next door to me here for almost a decade. He worked uh, right here at the KLZ studios next door to my KLTT studios. Donna Hetzler has the Jericho Girls, and they're doing meetings now where they're encouraging and uplifting women, not just in person, but also so you can do it over the phone or computer. And Beatrice Sprinter, the drill sergeant of life, I know she's looking for Bibles for her big uh, ter- uh, sermonator uh, bus tour to all of the, the uh, military uh, bases around the country, many of them. And so we're going to talk about all of that. But I wanted to start off with some good news. Uh, welcome, good news team. Hi. Hey. Hey, <laughs> you guys have fun. You always come in. Barbara, I know you're busy and you've started, you've joined the good news team. What brings this you over here? It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. Well, you know, since I work from home a lot, it's kind of nice to get oh, out yeah. and not just talk to a four-pound dog every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's neat. I didn't realize you had a home office. That's cool. I yeah, do, I've got a yes. home studio, too, so this is, uh, you know, this is my time away from my home studio to come in, and I get Dave, you know. Yeah, at see home, real I people. produce myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about, um, well, anybody ever see a funny or experience? Because my, my mother-in-law was waiting for my um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. So there's only has two kids, my husband and then the cop, Matt. And she was waiting for a very long time for him to have a kid. Like he was like 40 when it finally happened. Oh goodness! And she about had a heart attack when it happened. Like it should have been one of those viral videos, but she would have killed me. <laughs> She's like this Italian woman who lives to feed people, of love course. people, uh-huh. buy things for people, spoil people, cook for people. You know, and buy have things gr- for grandchildren. people uh-huh. and have grandchildren. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're they'll drive. In fact, they're coming out to, uh, today. They're driving right now, and they'll drive 14 hours straight from Chicago just to come and spend like a couple of days off from the kids get from school to be with them you know that's great yeah I'm yeah it's that. a yeah they're so into them it's really cute and the kids scream and then they the kids cry when they leave uh-huh. and they're you know middle school and elementary school they're not like babies anymore they cry when my in my in-laws leave Aww. so but we all remember that yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. your favorite you know yeah. grandparent or it's exciting you know, isn't yeah it? it's, well to be loved that much yes yeah and to give that much love. I guess she was waiting for a long time to give that love. Okay, so explain this uh, baby announcement. I mean, so this is just one of those viral videos. And it's, so it's a news story about the viral video. But this woman or this couple and, uh, you know, they're kind of an older couple and they're opening up a package. And it's actually um, from the Today Show. So Huda's going to explain the whole thing. Hoda? Oh, Hoda. got the surprise of their lives <laughs> when their daughter came for a visit and brought them a present. They calmly opened the gift. They didn't know what Huda. to expect. Well, inside that box, there was a blanket. Mm-hmm. And they found out that they would soon become grandparents. Oh, <laughs> oh God. 
don't know what oh. you were expecting, but how was that? That the reaction was everything. could not wow. contain her excitement. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was just the blanket. I don't know right. if she should. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's was, she, <laughs> was she crying Whoa. too? She yeah. was like freaking out. Like she's her face turned all oh red and her hands gosh. are like well, flailing around. My mother in law was almost like excited about, you know, not our kids. No, because we, we did it like right away. We didn't wait for all those years like my brother in law. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's exciting. It is. I think I remember seeing that. You know, Michelle Ron, who comes in all the time, who was Miss Senior America ah. 2004, is a grandma, and she really is into her grandkids, and she talks a lot about the importance of bringing the generations together. And I think one thing that people let get in the way is sometimes daughters and mother-in-laws don't always mesh, right? And, in what? fact, to be honest with you, this morning when my mother-in-law <laughs> said, I love you on the phone, it's probably one of five times in 15 years that she's done that. I've wow. won her over slowly over 15 years. Like, she actually, I think, does love me now. Wow. Yeah. 15 years yeah. it's taken. That's yeah. Wow. It, was, it took a long time, you know. Yeah. But, and with that said, uh, you know, she's so thankful for the grandkids, and she sees they're turning out well, so she yeah. knows it can't be all bad. Right. She knows they're with me, you know, all the time. And uh, and she's a strong personality, and so do I. So I'm sure we've butted heads over the years. But with that said, I've never kept the kids from her, even if we had times where you know we might not have agreed. Mm -hmm. I always gave her access to them. Now I used to let her take them for. It, you know, to Chicago for long periods of time. And that became, I told my husband, I said, I'm not comfortable with it. It was like, I think the, once you took the kids for about two weeks, she flew with them and they couldn't speak it. They were still in diapers. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, the kids, they might not, not like, they might think I disappeared, you know, right. That, I, that I'm not around anymore because they're too young to understand. And then I realized how great I was when I found out my sister-in-law who lives in the same city has never let her four-year-old spend a night at their house. Not oh, once. Wow. Oh my goodness. What? Maybe she, maybe that helped win her over. She's like, wow, Angie, let me have them for like a long time. <laughs> wow. What's yeah. that about? So, so yeah, that was, so with that wow. said, um, they're, they're, they're on their way here. And I think that we Daughter-in-laws, if you don't like your mother-in-law or vice versa, she doesn't like you, you can't keep the kids unless the, there's some harm to them. Dave, we've mm -hmm. talked about this because you've reunited with your mom since you started the show. I reunited with my dad since I started the show. And I wasn't, my dad just was estranged from the whole family. He just disappeared and disowned us for maybe 30 years. So wow. we reunited um, through the course of this show. He reached out to me finally because I'd always been reaching out to him. And then you uh, reached out to your mom and you reunited. And we talked a lot about as long as the relationship is not harmful to the child or to you, you know, if it's a, if it's a good relationship, let them be together. Let them have a relationship. Grandparents can give so much to the kid that's such a rich tapestry of information they can impart into your child. I'm trying to get rid of a 42-year-old sister. Can, 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 can anybody help me? Hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my mom was super excited when I told her I was going to have Jason. Yeah. Uh, but my dad said, well, it's a lot of responsibility. Oh, did he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so like, oh, thanks, Dad. Thanks for the support. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Can I go ahead and say this? You know I got to say something. What? White people are so funny. Really? <laughs> are we really? Yeah, because the, the, the stuff that y'all say, I just... <laughs> I mean, with, with black Look folks. Look at Barbara's life. You know, Did she just say that? 
Yeah. She just oh, said, I always I do. No, Barbara, like... who's also black, <laughs> looked at me I and always like, do. Did that, did my, that, wait until they start that's crying. That's something my mom and I would say to, to <laughs> each other. But wait right, until they start crying, say. because then I talk about how white women always cry. Hey, listen, well, we're teaching right. you how to hug. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Called, that was my nickname. My parents are from Texas. You know, everybody has a nickname. And sadly, uh, I was Stormy. Because you cried the dark I don't appreciate being called a white woman. Yeah, Eric does not appreciate being called a white oh sorry thank day. you very much i'm sorry white dude white dude i'm okay. in touch with my feelings you have a tissue eric please give him a tissue why did i say that was funny what did i do what was it yeah what was no. it what David said was with the dad his dad said that's, that's a lot of responsibility <laughs> whereas black folks say y'all married yet <laughs> Y'all got to get married. No, right. you would be in so much trouble if you weren't amongst friends. That's what oh, I'm saying. I'm right. just saying. Wait, that, are you all married? Are you all getting married? Oh my lord! Wait, is her, wait, she? Can you believe this one, Beatrice? I'm just oh. saying. Look, telling it like that's it is. how I grew up. Right. Okay. In my I'm past in Portland. He was making some joke about how something about, you know, like landed onto the, remember when I was the only white lady yep. in the congregation? Yep, yep. And he's like, oh, your cousin Pookie might be living in his mama's basement. <laughs> and I'm like, you cannot say your cousin Pookie might be living in your mama's basement. <laughs> well, what else you gonna call him, Jumbo? Oh, honey, there's okay. Red Man, easy, there's easy, Big easy. Man, there's, I got, I, yeah, I've got oh, all kinds God, of, yeah. Yeah. We're there's gonna go so much trouble, just so you know, we're Is half, that the ASPCA at the door? We are half black and... <laughs> And half white here, so we're just dying laughing. But we're colorblind as Christians. That's, That's a beautiful right. yeah. thing. I know sure. I am. I love that. When it comes to dating and everything. I know. No, I know. we ain't quite half black, half white up in here. Well, we usually are. Because sister girl over there. You should see the eyes. She ain't that close. You brought something back from yesterday. She lighter than the paper bag. Oh, my gosh. I am going to do a good news story. Cause you, no, you're you going to be off the air. Is what I'm going to pull up your microphone there. <laughs> okay. I love these See, racially diverse saying. good news teams. Oh, so much fun. I'm going to need some more eyeglasses. Open the door to the But at least we can be honest about that. Barbara right. is crying her okay. eyelashes <laughs> off. Beatrice. I wake up today and I get to be uh, a good news girl. Last week it was oh, literally oh. crying. This time it's just it's tears of Barbara's of like 10 um, years younger than Beatrice, but they seem oh, like a different generation right now. Oh my gosh, you're killing me. Oh. I'm just feeling like the stuffing and two cute little Oreo cookies next to me. I'm feeling so special. Did you say Oreo well, cookies. It's not quite an Oreo cookie <laughs> because it's what? only one black side. Yeah. Okay, oh. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, I am dying here. Please, y'all, don't before I lose my job. Uh. Just so you know, Beatrice is the troublemaker here. All right, so this story has to do with a wrestler. And do we have enough time for the good news now? To Beatrice? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Pookie Bear Talk or whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, Junebug. <laughs> all right. So this is about a wrestler. Right, too. right. This is really cool. So this is this high school wrestler, and he is um, one of the best in the state. He actually is going for the state champion. The stamp championship. And then something happens, very dramatic, and it takes everybody by surprise. Get a piece of him. Get a piece of him. As a state champion wrestler, Merrick Bush has very few real competitors. But the sophomore from Central Valley Academy near Utica, New York, does have at least one rival, a junior from Indian River named Logan Patterson. Merrick met him on the mat earlier this month. I practiced hard that entire week, and I wanted to beat him. 
Terry Kavanaugh was the referee. I've been in sports a long time, and I've never seen anything like it. As expected, it was a great match. Until, with just about 30 seconds left, Logan twisted his elbow. Up to that point, Merrick had been losing, but Logan's arm was now so badly injured, there was almost no way Merrick couldn't win. So he told his coach, I got this, and went back in to do what he says he had to do. That's Merrick in the blue. Again, all he had to do was stand up and pin his hobbled opponent. But instead, Merrick did nothing. He just told Logan he was sorry about his arm and surrendered. Logan couldn't believe it. He just sat there. He didn't move. You think it was goodness out of his heart. He's a great person. I know it makes me look kind of like a weakling, but... No. That's all right. No, it doesn't. No, he's no weakling at all. I mean, state championships come and go, but that, you can't take that away from a kid. The crowd watched on their feet and through blurry eyes as Merrick lost the tournament but won the admiration of everyone in the gym. Most especially... Proud. Yeah. His dad. Yep. Bob. Very proud. It's not about winning all the time. It's about doing what's right. And he did. More importantly, Merrick thought doing the right thing would make him look like a weakling. But he did it anyway. Now that's a powerful kid. Yeah, we need wow. more of that. Yeah, we that's do. true sportsmanship. Tell my husband that because my son was waiting up wow. for his friend at a track meet because he was dying in the mile, and my son does year-round swimming, so like a mile is like whatever. I swim that, you know, at practice. It's not a big deal. His friend was dying, so he was waiting for him, like you know, kind of. I don't know. He wanted to run with him to give him like some encouragement, yeah. and my husband was like, "You got to leave him behind. Leave him in the dirt. <laughs> leave him in the dust." Oh, oh my gosh. And then Riley, my son, says, well, my friendship is more important than winning. Oh, that's oh, that's beautiful. I'm like, Mark, I wish I was a... That's good parenting, too. I talk out of the corner of my mouth like a ventriloquist. Yeah, 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 we all... Mark, please. Why is it that women do that when they invoke the voice of their significant other? They always drop it down here and make her sound dumb. He's not dumb, but that was dumb. That was dumb to me. You know what the problem is, though, with Mark in, in, in that whole scenario? Is what? Mark's singlet's just a little too tight. <laughs> you know the singlet? That's that outfit, those uh, wrestlers? Yes, yes. Right. Riley. I'm wearing one before. right now. You want to see? <laughs> Riley, not, Riley was so embarrassed, my son, to wear that thing, that singlet. Beatrice praying over there. Yeah. She's, Arms she in the air, she's praying. The, the oh, girl. she's got the whole oil. Yeah. <laughs> I need to anoint some folks up in here. I'm going right. Lay hands on them and give them the right foot of fellowship. Get your singlet anointed. I have to tell you, I just think that's beautiful. Really I do, too. That he did that, that nice. for him that and said, nice. might make me seem like a weakling? No, I think no, those, that character quality yeah. is that, that is that, character. That's character. That yeah. absolutely is character. That's and awesome. again, it's, a, it's a t an attestment a testament to the the the, the way he was raised yeah, yeah that his dad, and also the, that his dad was he, proud of him yeah it was in tears you oh can hear gosh. it the, the dad had a little bit of a shaky voice i mean i just i love that that's that was a great that was girl. a good news story yeah very good he needed that
Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever come into circumstances like that? I mean, that was it for my son, just with, uh, I wouldn't say that, I mean, they'll help up competitors, like yeah. at the fall or whatever, when they're on the court. And right. poor Faith, who weighs 52 pounds, I mean, she gets elbowed and pushed around on the court all the time playing basketball because kids are so much bigger than she is. And she's so good, they get really frustrated. Oh, Because yeah. you don't expect her to be that good because she's so slight. Yeah, but Faith yeah. is fierce. She's yeah. fierce she out is. there on that she court. Is. She just she won is. some big little, I don't know, some challenge for the Nuggets where she got to move on to the next, you know, level of competition. And, you know, my husband, who always says the right thing, he goes, oh, my gosh, like Olga out there is three times her size. I go, her name <laughs> is not Olga. <laughs> and she might be three times her size. And it was funny if I show you the picture. I mean, they are oh towering above my daughter. That's too You funny. know, and they've got to sure. be able to throw the, you know, pass the ball and do like shots where you know they're like three-point shots that are a little too far for a 50-pound kid to ah, do you know so she did have a hard time competing against Olga I love Mark no. he's such I a dude him. I mean I you know. gotta appreciate him as Mark. just being a dude right such a dude. it makes me laugh so hard I remember being my mom actually reminded me when I was telling her when we were talking about the show from last week about the depression and you know and all of that and um and how the Lord you know really said You've got this. Um, she reminded me also of a time that when I was younger, I used to always do, I, I, I have severe asthma and was that kid that didn't want to let it get, get to me. So I still played sports yes. and things, even yeah. though I'm like, <gasps> Right, you know, whatever. Right. I didn't want to be not no, me. Like, I had my like, inhaler. I was like, I can't <laughs> well, play. I, too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play. I got to sit on the sidelines. She reminded me of uh, one of the walk of one of the many athons back in the day that were really popular. If you remember in the seventies and eighties, oh, sure. yes, the athon. Yes, uh, one of them that I did um, was the roller thon, the rollathon at Skate City. Yes, and I remember fun. her saying, uh, reminding me of how I wouldn't give up no matter how many blisters I had, and also the <laughs> asthma attacks that I was yeah. having. Because I knew it was for the kids. That is Olga. <laughs> I'm showing them, I'm showing the, picture. them the picture of the girl. Shannon. Yeah, these, were the, these were the champions that my daughter had to compete against. That girl oh is like, gosh. she is tall, way taller that's than Brun, I am. That's Brunhilde. Okay, she, that's not yeah. Olga. That's Brunhilde. Did, they, they did. They She's did. Good. Beautiful. Nice. That, yeah, that you didn't give in. Yeah, I that I didn't that. give in because it was about the kids. Because I knew there were right. sicker kids than right. me. Than you. You know, and I was the kid that was always in the hospital. But I remember having kids next to me that were sicker than me right that were I'd come back to the hospital and they were in the hospital bed and had been you know for Since weeks left. Sure. Right. so yeah. I yeah so I and again I do have to tell I have to say I, I really you know it's my mom she's my backbone so I, I love hearing those kinds of stories though and those are things that that young man is going to grow up oh, being an amazing yeah, adult hey let's go around and we're going to pro promote you're listening to Barbara Brooks talk right now she has a big women's event so let's go around and everybody tell us when the women's event is yes it's uh it's called second act BizCon, it's for women uh, entering their second act over 40 and 50 years old. It's a business and lifestyle event. It is at the beautiful Art Hotel March 21st through the 23rd, and we have an amazing uh, lineup from the former VP uh, and editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine to TripAdvisor's Global Communications Director to Anne Trujillo here. Oh, We've got her. an amazing lineup, and it's all for us women. And it's for, you're never too 50. old, your second act. It's for a never a too Beatrice old story. started writing in like her 50s, and she's got there books, you, go. you know, that she has published now. She's right, in her Eric, second act. We're going to go to you next, Eric Raymer, uh, uh, radio friend. 
friend, uh, worked uh, right here next door to me for uh, about a decade, and uh, you have a PR company now. I do. I started a PR Media Coach, PRMediaCoach.com. I help people uh, get famous. When I say get famous, it doesn't <laughs> you, know, you don't have to be uh, super famous in order to be super successful. Known. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a true thing. You can have the greatest widget. You can have the best thing. You can have the, the best people. And if, uh, if nobody knows you, what have you accomplished? So I make sure that you are in the right place, meeting the right people. It's not what you know, but who knows you and making the right money doing it because there's a whole lot of people out there. In fact, 94% of all business owners never make it to six figures. Wow. And uh, I'm all about helping them get way past that they they see one hundred thousand dollars a year as being a milestone. Yeah, I see it as being a speed bump. All right. Wow. Ooh, all right. I, I like that. Donna Hetzler, yeah. Jericho Girls. Yep. Yes, Jericho Girls is about the power of connectedness and how, as we as women, when we rise up, we are a powerful force together. So Jericho Girls is breaking barriers and building alliances, and we have our overwhelmed conference October fifth, sixth year. Wow. That we're going Your into. Website. It's DonnaHetzler.com or JerichoGirls.org. And Donna does real estate as well. Beatrice Bruno getting ready to go on the road. Uh, She'll need Bibles and uh, oil for praying and anointing people. Seriously, no, she does. You laugh all you want, girl. Oh, you are a stinker. (laughs) You too. You You too. Okay, and Beatrice is a speaker as well. She'd love to do women's conferences. She's speaking on grief and not just about the loss of her husband, but a job, a parent, you know, something, you know, whatever it is that causes you grief. How can they reach out to you, Beatrice? Beatrice at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Excellent. And if you want to reach out to anyone and you didn't get all that info, AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years, and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my coworkers, and it's just a pleasant place, and it's a place where you feel safe and loved, and they treat you like a family. The best deal I found at the ARC is I found a brand new litter box for my cat. (laughs) Call 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or visit arcthrift.org. Please do your shopping at the ARC because you're shopping with a purpose. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. 
Hello, hello, hello. This is producer Dave. Hello, friends. You're listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. And uh, this is my next installment in those wonderful book series that I've been able to do, or author series, I should say, where, um, you know, I have all these PR people. They send me books, and they send me authors, and they send me speakers, and they send me all these people, and we can't fit everybody onto the show. So I pick the cream of the crop, and I choose sometimes when I can get together with them. And uh, and then we've been really having some really, really great conversations. We've been learning about really, really good books. And today is going to be especially good, I think, especially... If you are a pastor, if you are the leader of a church, if you are the head of a family, if you are anybody who helps anybody through difficult times, this book is for you. So today we're going to be talking to Dr. Edward Moody. Um, he is a PhD. Uh, you know, he helps people through difficult times. He's the pastor of his church. He's written several books on how to deal with crisis, things to do with, you know, and how to deal with grief and loss addiction, depression, trauma, whether it's emotional or physical. He provides resources. He does all these things. He's the total professional, and it's great to have him on the show. Hello. How are you doing today, Doc? Hey, it's so good. Thank you so much, Dave. That was a great introduction, my friend. Great. Yeah, I've been told I should uh, write resumes because I make it yeah, more sound like Yeah, <laughs> That was great. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, no problem. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us about why why this is a passion for you. Well, I've been a pastor for almost 19 years, a bivocational pastor. I used to be a psychologist in a correctional facility, and uh, at the same time I've been pastoring, I've also been teaching, uh, uh, training people to become professional counselors at North Carolina Central University. And so one of the things I've observed as I've worked with people and as I've uh, trained counselors, there are a lot of things we as Christians can naturally do to help others, and in many ways, we can do them better than professionals just because we're with folks all the time. So in the book, we try to point out what the Scripture teaches us about helping other people through difficulties, and then also point out how Jesus called the hurting to come to Him. And we, if you're a Christian, are an ambassador of Christ. And so we try to equip every Christian to just provide the basic needs to uh, help folks going through difficulty. And there are plenty of them, uh, 44 million Americans out there struggling with a mental health issue or substance abuse issue. So this is a good opportunity for us to spread the faith and also to uh, help people out of some very difficult situations. Well, that's amazing. I think that really touches on everybody. It's not just people who are in charge, and I kind of read into it that it's kind of uh, the the book first aid for emotional hurts is kind of geared towards maybe pastors or people that are in charge of a congregation or something but it's really for everybody i mean you can just be, know somebody who's going through a difficult time and you can get something out of this book now something that i think is it's so funny how when i read it i was like wow that's so obvious but it's something that jesus did you know invited people there and then all he did was listen and now yeah. it in order the people that are hurting they want to come tell their problems and tell their worries until there was to somebody. Now, the book kind of helps us learn to be better and more effective listener, right? Oh, it does. And that's one thing that we, especially in the United States, do not do so too well. So someone begins to talk about a problem at work or even in our family, and real quickly our mind starts thinking, okay, what can I do? What kind of advice can I give? And it's always funny to me, some of these problems have been developing for decades, and we think we can solve them in seven minutes. But really, if you look at the Scripture and look at how the Lord interacted life with the Samaritan woman uh, and other situations, you see that he listened, and if 
we will just stop and listen to people, we'll be uh, in a whole different category. They're not used to that happening. And sometimes people walk away after someone's listened to them and they just feel like they've taken a burden off themselves. And, uh, and especially when we keep it confidential, which is another one of the major requirements, uh, that's someone I can talk to, I can hash things out with, they will pray with me. Uh, and then after we've listened to them for a bit, we have the opportunity to help them kind of look at some scripture that might apply to their situation or find uh, some professional help. But it all begins by truly listening to another person and giving them our time and our attention. That's awesome. And sometimes it's you don't even give advice. You just want to listen and you just want to be there for that yeah. person. And I think that's really important. Now, something that's funny because we were mentioning kind of uh, how Jesus is, is this biblical principles and they seem so simple, but Jesus invited people there. And I always picture Jesus as like gentle and kind and loving and easy to talk to. But being a helper, somebody who's helping somebody isn't always like that, right? It's not. And so we've got to remember, he's the one that gave us Matthew 18. Right. It says, you know, if someone offends us, to go to them and then bring others along with it. And those of us who've worked in the mental health profession, we look and what we see in Matthew 18 sounds a whole lot like an intervention, like someone that's been a, abusing a spouse or using a particular substance. And so there is a, a part of that. So when we're truly a friend of someone, uh, like the proverb says, you know, the faithful are the wounds for friend, we're willing to say, uh, hey, you know, the way you're speaking to your wife, or hey, I'm, I'm worried about you using these substances or engaging in this activity. Uh, that's what Jesus did, and we see that throughout the Scripture, you know, where Nathan confronts David, as opposed to folks not really confronting Samson. And so that's a part of what we're to do as well. It's not always pleasant. Usually it's not pleasant, and sometimes they're even upset with us initially. But sometimes when people are angry at us for confronting them, they're secretly thinking within themselves, I'm glad they did this, and they understand it shows you truly do care about them. So that's part of what we have to do when we're in a relationship with someone in our family or in our church is to be willing to do that as well. Right. Great advice. I mean, I think it's not always easy to do the right thing. And so, especially when it's somebody that you love that you want to be comfortable all the time. So that's got to be hard. So this is producer Dave. You're listening to the good news with Angie Austin and friends today. We're continuing my author series. We're, we're talking to Edward Moody. Uh, he wrote the book first aid for emotional hurts. It's about helping people through difficult times and different kinds of resources and different kinds of uh, ways that you can use scripture, particularly in order to help these people, all the people that you love through all these difficult times. Now, Doc, we were, uh, there's a whole section of the book that's uh, dedicated to depression, which depression is such a weird, vague term that a lot of people don't really understand it, especially if you've never felt it. And then a people that are feeling it, sometimes they can't get out of that enough to even be able to express that they are feeling that. And so it kind of being somebody who can recognize things in that is important in within all this, right? Yeah, oh, it is. And so that's one of the things we try to explain in the book is know what real depression is, you know, the real symptoms. So usually it's trouble sleeping, trouble eating, sometimes recurrent thoughts of death, uh, not just the blues or being down, but being down for a while. And one of the things we run into a lot is people say things like, well, Christians really can't be depressed. Well, if you'll read in Jeremiah 20, he says, uh, you wish you had never been born. And uh, if you're a professional 
counselor, it's like time to go to the hospital when people start saying those kinds of things. And uh, especially First Kings 19, where Elijah talks about uh, how he's just quitting, you know, and he's just he's not doing it anymore. So it's helpful for all of us to know what real depression is, to be able to take it seriously. And then there's a lot that a person can do if they're friends with someone to help them out. And so like in uh, with Elijah, the Lord got him on a, on a routine. He got him up at the same time, probably, uh, let him go back to bed, had him eat and drink. And so sometimes a friend can come along, a depressed person, and uh, take them off. Uh, let's go walking every morning. Let's do breakfast and uh, check in with them. To, hey, why don't you go to bed at the same time? And also kind of listen to some of those negative uh, thoughts they may have. Uh, the Lord kept asking Elijah what he was doing in that cave, and he kept kind of feeling sorry for himself. And then eventually he pointed out, you know, no, uh, you're not the only one that's serving the Lord. And so when we go with the walk with someone depressed, we can listen to them and uh, see if they're doing something called ruminating, just thinking about the same bad thoughts over and over again, and gently point out the truth. No, uh, if they think no one loves them, no, uh, there are people that love you, and we can name them and kind of help give them that. So depression is a dangerous thing when we have 121 people a day kill themselves, United States. So we've got to take it seriously and also understand that folks on the ground, the friends and family members of a person that's struggling with it uh, are really in the best position to help them through that. And, and they can be, they truly can, if they do the right things, uh, be in a, a better place. And we do point out in the book, uh, Elijah was one way in First Kings 19, and then he becomes a different man in chapter 20. So instead of running from Jezebel and Ahab, he's trying to track down Ahab actually in the woods in chapter 21. And we think it shows when we follow certain steps, like we see in the scripture, there's a whole lot of hope for someone. Uh, though they may struggle throughout their lives with depression, they can have a whole different kind of life with uh, with the right kind of friends and the right kinds of interventions and so forth. Right, right. There's always hope. There's always a chance to, to get better and to feel better and to get out of the funk yeah. and to, to, to not have to suffer. And um, so one thing that we kind of, it kind of continues along with the, the, of how you actually get there and like, you know, alcohol or an abusive situation or many, so many other things, depression doesn't just start one day. It has to build yeah. up. It starts little and it grows and grows and grows and grows. And now I think a lot of it has to do with like, um, you know, we kind of have this idea, particularly online, where we have this idea of how life should be. And we have this kind of feeling good and this, this artificial happiness that we put out there that you think kind of affects everybody around us. And it kind of stems from that. It's kind of one of your theories, too, isn't it? Oh, it is. So there's a correlation between the amount of time spent on social media and levels of depression. And so uh, we definitely have to watch that, especially if we're prone toward depression. And then to also take into account, you know, people are not showing you all of their bad laundry, usually on social media. Right. They're making themselves look kind of good. So you've got to know that even though the other people appear to be feeling all great, everyone goes through the ups and downs of life. And that's one one of the myths that we sometimes have is that we think life is just all pleasant and wonderful, uh, but that's not true, you know. And so 
we definitely see a lot of that as as we go along and so we if people are struggling with depression we'll actually uh get them to take a vacation if you will from social media from time to time or just look at it at certain types or certain times of the day and always have a filter realize you know people aren't telling you everything that's really going on in their lives uh and and so you can't assume that things are as good as they say they are and some Sometimes we also um, do something called catastrophizing, where we think everything in our life is far worse than it really is. Right, and everybody else seems to have their lives together where we are a basket case on the inside, but it seems like everybody <laughs> feels like that. You know, it's funny, uh, I, I'd like to get your opinion on this a little bit, just because kind of from the opposite end of that, we as observers of other people on social media, we have this super high standard of everybody, and so yes, we all understand that we're only putting our best selves out there, but the minute somebody doesn't put their best self out there, we jump on them and we bring them down. There's a weird... The psychology to that too it's kind of all stems from it right oh yeah and so we could even think about you can really minister with social media if you will so like people that are depressed they put a they put something out there and they're really paying attention well how many people liked it or how many people shared it and so if you, you could actually have a ministry of social media if you wanted to by knowing someone struggles a bit making sure you're liking it and then making sure that you're not super critical or even defend them if they're authentic or honest about some of the things that they experience and i think we mentioned in the book one of the studies on social media where it was raining like in North Carolina and someone put out kind of a, uh, a kind of a sad post and then you could have folks over on the west coast it ends up actually impacting them even though it had what they experienced in North Carolina had nothing to do with them so right. we want to be careful about what we how we respond to the posts that people make and also be careful about the kind of posts we ourselves make because we do end up influencing one another out there on social media a lot for sure for sure absolutely so the next part that i wanted to talk about of the book is kind of about it's about grief and loss and yeah. uh, that's something that we all have to deal with uh for, hopefully for everybody out there you get to people and you help uh, you know with their depression before you start help have to deal with grief and loss um but there are several scenarios that you give up in the book about how to kind of approach people who are dealing with grief and loss and and how to help them and how to minister to them now is there something that's in common between all of that and there's there one common thing between all of helping people through these i you know difficult times well i think one of the things that would be a common thing to do is just to kind of observe people and listen to them. When people have gone through a terrible um, situation, like the loss of a, a child, one of the things they consistently talk about is people uh, trying to cheer them up too fast or uh, misquoting like Romans 8, 28, uh, saying kind of the wrong things and so forth. So one of the common things we try to stress to people if they're trying to help someone that's experienced a terrible loss is just be really careful what you say. Um, folks will say things like, well, you know, I don't really know what to say uh, to my coworker or our classmate that's experienced that. That's fine. Don't say anything. <laughs> Go and kind of listen to them. Uh, be there for them. And instead of thinking about something to say, think about something to do. And so one of the common things we would like for folks to do is just look and 
put themselves in the shoes of someone that's experienced a great loss and think, what is it that I would need, and try to meet practical needs. Uh, and we tend to do, uh, like we bring them a casserole or something, which is nice, but uh, do they need uh, shoes picked up, you know, to wear at the funeral, or do they need their home cleaned up or something? And uh, it's, it's really just basic needs um, that I've found especially after a traumatic event that people need. Um, thinking about a, uh, a situation where a kid had died in an accident and the lady, uh, the mother said, you know, oh no, my mother-in-law is going to see the house like this. And so people immediately just started cleaning the house up. They didn't really quote any Bible verses or really say anything, but they performed an important task uh, and kind of relieved her for a bit. So, we we want to kind of let people know you don't have to try to quote a verse or you don't have to just say the right thing. There's often nothing you can say. You know, this is something only the Lord can fix, but your mere just being present and just trying to help by meeting a need goes so far uh, for people. Wow, what's great advice. I mean, just be there for people. And instead of learning, you know, I think that's great advice. Instead of thinking of something to say, just be there to listen. And then you'll be there. You'll hopefully be able to catch the thing that they need the most so you can provide it for them. I think that's really great advice. So, Doc, this time went by so fast. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for being here on the show. Can you tell of all of our listeners um, what's up next, where they can find you, where they can find the book, things like that? Yeah, so go to firstaidforemotionalhurts.com, and you can find all that information there. If they're on Facebook, so we talked about social media, they could go to the First Aid for Emotional Hurts uh, Facebook site, and we'd love it if they'd like that, and they can see various videos and so forth uh, that we put out from time to time about some of these issues. It'd be very helpful to us. Well, thank you very much, Doc. Everybody, go get that book. It'll help you. It doesn't matter if you're the leader of a church. If, you're the, if you have 100 people in your congregation and you've got one, this can help you. Um, it helps you deal with crisis, grief, loss, addiction, depression, trauma. There's a list of professionals. There's useful information, useful scenarios. Go out there and get it. It could to totally help you. And like Dr. Moody's book on Facebook, First Aid for Emotional Hurts. Thank you very much, Doc. We'll be right back with more good Thanks. news. Thanks so much, Dave. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal Mountaineering Weekend is back at the YMCA. YMCA of the Rockies will hold its fourth annual Mountaineering Weekend, February 15th to the 18th. Recently named Best Family Resort in America by USA Today's 10 Best Readers' Choice Awards, YMCA of the Rockies is located on over 800 acres with three sides bordering Rocky Mountain National Park, providing the perfect landscape for outdoor enthusiasts and their families and dogs to explore mountaineering. The Mountaineering Weekend features educational sessions on winter survival tips and mountaineering skills like avalanche awareness, beacon rescue searches, orienteering, and the best first aid for backcountry. 
You'll also meet real search and rescue dogs and learn from their handlers how they use their keen skills to locate missing hikers. You'll get to explore a snow cave, attend a sled dog presentation while meeting the pups. All Mountaineering Weekend activities are fun and engaging for all ages. And all Mountaineering Weekend activities are free for guests staying in the lodge rooms or cabins. Book now at ymcarockies.org. It's the good news. Angie Austin here and Eric Raymer. And uh, Eric, I talk a lot about my friends at ARC, so I brought in two of the ambassadors, Donna and Dom. Uh, pardon me. Three, two, one. Donna and Adam, and I thought that you could uh, do a little interview to find out more about ARC and why I'm so obsessed with shopping there, yeah. how much do- good they do in the community, and why I have them come to my house, 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE. I have them come to my house to pick up my stuff to donate a lot. You know, I, I love uh, ARC. I don't know uh, uh, Adam or, or Donna yet. Guys, welcome. So glad to have you guys in the Thanks, studio. Sir. And, and uh, let's start with this. Uh, Donna, you're an ambassador for ARC. What does that mean? What, what, what do you, uh, how, how do you ambass? <laughs> I just said a word that doesn't exist. It is help at work. And I uh, work in production. All right. And I hang all the clothes. So that's a lot. Arc, a lot of work. You're right. That's a lot of work. Do you enjoy it? What do you like about ARC? I love everything about it. The employees, my managers. Nice. I hear this time and time again too. And Adam and I have talked together many times, uh, you know, about the value of it, the friendships, and the environment it is like a family. Adam, what do you uh, like about Arc? My job is, in general, I, I just love the whole thing. And my job is pretty much a twofold part. Where Monday and Tuesdays they've they've allowed me to work in loss prevention, where I will just watch cameras, and then Tuesdays I'm with. Are you videotaping this? <laughs> <laughs> he is. Don't be distracted. It's all good. He wants to show you off. Oh, nice. Um, Tuesdays, I get to work with this gentleman, and I don't know if I said anything last time I was on here, but once a week, or I'm sorry, once a month, Dominic and I will choose a local police department to give cookies to, oh. and that's what I was doing before I came in here. Oh. Oh. Thornton. How do they react? What do they, they say? They love it. They love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are they homemade cookies, or did you go to the store and, and bring them? Um, Either one is okay. Yeah, I will go to my house, bake cookies, and no, no, they're <laughs> we'll buy them before we uh, take them over there, like the day of. So I love it, but that might change. Okay, I want to ask something real quick, um, Donna. When you said you love the job, you know, you're hanging clothes. It's hard work. It's not easy. You know, you're lifting a lot and moving things and hanging things, uh, and then uh, you get a paycheck. Obviously, you've got a boss. You, you know, you have to be at work at a certain time. But you love it. You love everything about it. Is it friendships you've made? Are you friends with yes. your bosses? And explain, like, how, how do you, like, friends that you're friends with outside of work, too? Friends outside of work, at work, and at all of our activities and our classes. Which, tell me about your classes and activities. Oh, we go, like, we have sailing and we have fishing. And, like, next week, on the 13th, we had our Valentine's dance. Oh, the, I've been to that one. That's really fun. I should come to that one, Dominic. Dominic from Arcus here, too, and he works with the ambassadors. So as I mentioned, 303-238-JANE, if you want things picked up. Uh, Dominic, the website? arcthrift.org. www.arcthrift.org. <laughs> 
Dominic Shy, and I always try to make him talk. Let me take over this part. www.arcthrift.org. Very good. I love it. Well, I just can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you coming in every month because I love the work you do. I've made a lot of friends with the ambassadors, and uh, I love what ARC does for the community because they give back so much, and you get great deals there, too. You know, you do get great deals. We'll talk about those in a moment, but it's the heart of the community, right, that ARC does. That uh, You can go check them out at their website, arcthrift.org, right? And uh, I'm telling you, that heart of the community is really the heartbeat of what they're doing, not just for our community, but for the community of those who work there as well. You know, I go to the one by, um, uh, you know, where Seth works and Lori, the one that's by uh, Casa Bonita. Every time I'm by Casa Bonita and I go in there, right. you'd think I was, they'd won the lottery when I come through the door. My friends need, who are investors. Everything. They hug. No, they're just so excited oh. to see me, and it makes me feel so good to go in and visit them. And that's why a lot of people shop at ARC, because they develop relationships with the ambassadors who really do value those friendships. Love it. ARCthrift.org, and if you want the truck to come to your house, 303-238-JANE. Come on, donate your stuff and bring some joy to others. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.